0: What is up, freaks? It's your boy, Marty Bent, here to introduce this episode of Tales from the Crypt. I sat back down with her great friend, Whitney Webb, to go over it all. She's already prescient. She's been calling out a lot of stuff going on. We jump into what the next part of their plans are. Or at least what they're talking about. Again, they say all the stuff out in the open, so we dissect what they're talking about in the open. She's been writing a lot about it. Uh, We particularly focus on a new asset class that's going to try to securitize uh, the natural world led by people from BlackRock uh, and other types of demonic entities like that. This trip was brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App. Enabling pay-to-tap-root scripts. Or pay-to-tap-root uh, addresses. You're going to be able to pay to tat addresses from the Cash App very soon. It's a beautiful thing. They're they're on the cutting edge of Bitcoin technology right now. You can't say that for uh, many companies. I think they're going to be one of the first exchanges. Uh, the way I understand it. So it's a beautiful thing to see. They're they're Bitcoin focused. They're Bitcoin only. Uh, it's a very easy way to get into Bitcoin. You can DCA into Bitcoin. You can stack Sats via the Cash App very easily. You get your bank. Uh, excuse me. Your paychecks directed. Direct deposited into the Cash App. It could be your bank account. You're doing beautiful things. You're doing beautiful things. Download the Cash App if you haven't already. Use the code StackingSats. It's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Woo! 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 Owls Lacrosse. This shirt was also brought to you by good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to help you eliminate single points of failure in your security model, in your custody model specifically. And the way they do this is with their collaborative custody vault. Uh, it's a two or three multi sig uh, wallet where you hold two keys, Unchain holds one key. You always have complete control of your funds if you have those two keys. You can move them in and out of your vault as you so please. Uh, if you're ever in a pinch and you need Unchain to be there, uh, to be the second in the two or three multi sig, they are there for you. Again, this is to eliminate single points of failure. Uh, you don't want to leave your coins on an exchange. You don't actually own Bitcoin. You own claims to Bitcoin. Uh, if you hold Bitcoin in a single SIG wallet, that is a po- single point of failure. If you lose that wallet in your backup, you're shit out of luck. Uh, and so they have this White Glove concierge Share service. It's going to take you from zero to having a thousand cuck bucks worth of SATs in a multi SIG Vault. Uh, they're going to have multiple video conference calls with you. They're going to get you comfortable multi SIG, get you comfortable with their Vault program. They're going to send you product, not program. They're going to send you uh, hardware wallets. They're going to help you get those set up, uh, make sure you're securing your seed phrases uh logging your derivation pass securing those as well then again you're going to set up your vaults and you're going to dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats if you tell them the tftc sent you you're going to get fifty dollars off that package go check out everything unchained has to offer at unchained.com this was also brought to you by compass mining compass mining is here to get more individuals into the mining game burp excuse me um they they do this many ways uh probably the best way is their at-home mining service where Uh, You can go to compassmining.io, buy a miner and then you can have it sent to your house uh, and you can plug it in. Not only can you plug it in, they're going to have a support team there that's going to teach you how to plug it in. They're going to walk you through the electrical infrastructure necessary to get it set up uh, wherever you're plugging it in. Um, They're going to teach you how to connect to your your miner's IP and point that at a pool uh, and how to stack sats from that pool and have it sent to a wallet of your choice. They also have the ability to uh, you have the ability to buy a miner get it plugged in at a hosting facility uh it comes with trade-offs be aware uh hosting facility capacity is pretty tight right now uh, so if you're thinking about it maybe maybe go home mining and use the support there they're there to support you to get your miners set up and get stacking sets in that fashion last but not least this was brought to you by our good friends at brain's, brains. Brains, dot com. Brains is the team behind Slush Pool, oldest mining pool in the game. They mined over 1.25 million bitcoins since they launched in 2010, I believe. They've been around for a minute. A minute, freaks. Was it 2010? Maybe a little later. A decade, at least. At Slush Pool, they had a big update to Slush Pool earlier this summer. Uh, They just launched uh, an update of insights.brains.com. I-N-S-I-G-H-T ts.braiins.com. uh it's got a bunch of tools that you can use as a miner to uh predict profitability to to gauge uh what the hash price is at any given point in time to uh look at a bunch of stuff again this there's a thread we we, we link to it and the prior episode we'll link to it again uh daniel uh frumps d frumps uh he he basically said, "Hey, I wanted to create this mining insights page because uh, during the last halving, I had a bunch of tabs open. My computer was getting really hot. Like I said, why do I have to go through all these tabs? Like why why can't we just consolidate all this information, uh, whether it be hash rate stats, current hash rate, difficulty stats, profitability?" Uh, Bitcoin mining profitability calculator, the cost to mine one Bitcoin with different devices and power rates. Like, Why do I have to go from tap to tap to tap to tap? My fingers hurt. My brain hurts. My computer hurts. Let's put this all in one spot. That's what insights.brains.com is. Go check it out if you're in the mining world. It's a great tool. It's a great asset. And so is the Brains team. They also have their Brains OS Plus firmware, uh, which if you don't have downloaded on ASICs that are compatible with it you are leaving Sats on the table so go check all this out at brains.com b-r-a-i-i-n-s.com and if you want to go straight to the insights insights insights.brains.com enjoy this rip with whitney she is a global treasure you've had a dynamic where money's become freer than
1: free if you talk about a fed just gone nuts All all the central banks going nuts.
0: So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor.
1: I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin.
0: If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty Bent here for a lovely, what's today, Tuesday? Tuesday morning Rip with my good friend Whitney Webb. Whitney, welcome back to the show.
1: Hey, great. Great to be here. How's it going?
0: Going good. Going good. Um happy that you're here. I know uh, it's a very busy time in your life, but I think it's time for a catch up. I mean, the last time we talked was earlier this year. It had been like the spring or maybe over the summer. Uh, yeah. You are one of the most prescient people that I know. You know you, you've called a lot of the stuff that has unfolded in the wake of the COVID-19 uh, lockdowns and, um, and the economic lockdowns that we've experienced over the last 18 months. We went from two weeks to flatten the curve to if you don't jab your kids, you're not going to be able to get food. Uh, and you were calling this very early on. How does it feel to have foreseen all this?
1: Uh, Well, okay, so it like doesn't feel good, obviously, because it's a worst case scenario. But it's not like something I just like, you know, uh, prophesized and whatever. I mean, this is all stuff that these people have have had plans for for a long time. And it was really obvious they were waiting for some sort of global 9-11 style event to usher it all in. Right. So in the case of vaccine passports, I mean, I think that's one of the main impulses, Behind the the infinite booster jab scenario that they've essentially announced uh, formally in places like the UK and and Chile, you know, a lot of that is about uh, keeping the vaccine passport thing going, which is really um, all about ID twenty twenty, the digital ID thing, uh, because without that digital biometric ID, all of this other control grid stuff they want to do, including CBDCs. Uh, for example, but a lot of other stuff, you know, they, they need that as that's like the cornerstone of the whole fourth industrial revolution uh, thing that they want to usher in of which CBDCs are a part. But, you know, it's also basically having a central, uh, all your existing IDs, (laughs) like your, uh, your debit card, your credit card, your passport. Um, If you live in an, an urban area, like your transport card to go on the subway or something like that, they want all of that you know, to just be this one thing that's centralized that they can see exactly what you're doing. And that's also linked to your social media accounts. I mean, they they have uh, plans for this from like, you know, uh, going back to 2014. Uh, There's a really telling graphic for people that want to look it up from the World Economic Forum from, um, I think it's a report on digital identity from September 2018. Um, It's a Pretty unreal, but I mean, it pretty much shows you that digital ID is at the center of all this other stuff they want to do, um, including smart cities and all of that. And that, you know, uh, <coughs> one of the main founders of ID2020 is the Gabby Vaccine Alliance and was running pilot programs uh, to usher in the same type of um uh, I guess, control grid, whatever you want a surveillance system, uh, whatever you want to, you, you want to call it in Africa, for example, in 2018. And then as soon as COVID ro- rolled around, they were like, oh yeah, we'll just uh, make it the vaccine passport too. <laughs> and a lot of, uh, you know, these uh, groups behind the vaccine passports in the U S like the vaccine credential initiative, uh, for example, you know, they have a lot of ties to ID 2020 or the national, um, security state that's been invested in this uh process for a long time and they actually tried to do it in the US after 9/11 uh but couldn't because uh, Congress at the time in like 2003 said this would uh, eliminate privacy uh literally eliminate privacy they're right um it still it still will do that they just don't care now i guess they've uh you know spent the last two decades or so trying to buy people uh off more people off consolidate control
0: well, control, control, control. That's all they want to do is control everybody, which is very creepy. But they they try to control all of us under the guise of protecting all of us. That's, that's what the last 18 months has been is, hey, we're going to protect you. We need more control, more control. And yeah, now, it's
1: this whole collectivist uh, sales pitch. And we're seeing it now with climate change too, right? Um,
0: yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, that's the meat of the topic. You said, like, what do you want to focus on? And that's been a big focus on this show and in my newsletter in recent months is it seems like there's uh, an attempted controlled demolition of the global economy uh, to usher in this dystopian future. And so we we had the lockdowns, uh, which allow them to print a bunch of money. So they're messing up the money, which is going to get people more desperate. Um, We've had, again, we had COP26 uh, recently that just ended. And it seems that all these power elites are ready to come back from you know, Glasgow and, and tell all of us that we need to stop eating meat and, and uh, using fossil fuels. Uh, and uh, they're actively shutting down reliable energy sources here in the United States, in the UK, across Europe. Uh, and on top of that, they're again coming at after the food chain as well. Um, trying to make it hard to process meats. And then there's actually something going on. I'm not sure if you're keeping uh, tabs on this, but it seems like the government is... is Uh, The federal government here in the U.S. is confiscating farmland under the uh, using eminent domain to build a 1300 mile uh, carbon sequestration
1: pipeline in Iowa. Yes,
0: exactly. (laughs) So you've been you've been paying attention to that.
1: Yeah. Well, so the thing is that that method of carbon sequestration, it's kind of interesting that they're pumping it to North Dakota because that liquid carbon sequestration method uh, was previously developed by the oil industry for something they call enhanced oil recovery. And North Dakota was the site of a fracking boom, uh, but the wells are dying. So what normally the oil industry would do to reactivate those wells is pump carbon into them. And now they can just do the same thing, but say they're fighting climate change uh, while also confiscating a bunch of farmland from, uh, you know, uh, the main uh, one of the main corn producing food producing states in the U.S., Iowa.
0: Well, we're seeing it. it's, it's Iowa, Illinois, Missouri. I'm sure. I think they're confiscating land all throughout that area. And it's. And
1: com- domain is insane and people should have been mad about it uh, a long time ago when it was going on for oil pipelines, uh, just because it's so um, egregious and a huge violation of uh, private land ownership rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Agre- you know, here we are.
0: Here we are. Um, but. Are these people trying to manufacture an energy and food crisis to make us desperate to push us into, um, and they're going to blame climate change? And-
1: right. So climate change—they've been on—they've been trying to like scare people with it for a really long time, and it hasn't really worked on like a mass level. Um, COVID did that, right? But climate change—you know—they've been. You know, Al-, Al Gore had an in- Inconvenient Truth, and there's been these campaigns um, about it um, ever since. But what better way uh, to get people uh, scared about it when they're uh, cold and hungry and told that the culprit is climate change, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Get them desperate, get them cold, get them hungry, and then take more control. And it's that's like the meat of what we wanted to talk about is... Uh, the Davos class—they're trying to basically securitize the natural world now. They're taking it to a to another yeah.
1: world.
0: Um, so Car- yeah. So, can you pull up that article, Car?
1: Uh, so basically, that, uh, the article um, I think you're referring to is about natural asset corporations. The one you have up is about the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero. Um, but there, but in, in the, the Glasgow Financial Alliance uh, for Net Zero or GFAN's article, I do talk about natural asset corporations. Um, so basically, that was a team up between the New York Stock Exchange with something called the Intrinsic Exchange Group, uh, which is basically the Rockefeller fan. And basically, so that, those two groups. This one right
0: here? Yes, that uh, one.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, I'm talking about one that's linked within this article, um, but it, it, they're called natural asset corporations. And if you go to that article or the, to the Intrinsic Exchange Group's website, um, you can see uh, how they explain how this works uh, per them. But basically, what they what they are doing is they are quantifying. Um, assets that are technically part of what is considered to be the global commons—something uh, that it hasn't been monetized or isn't part of the existing economy—something uh, like uh, the process, the ecological process by which uh, trees uh, turn carbon dioxide into breathable air, <laughs> uh, for example. And basically, what they want to do is uh, basically quantify that in financial terms. Uh, have it managed and controlled and owned by a natural asset corporation, which then raises money through an IPO. And then at that IPO, it can be bought by really whoever it can be bought by BlackRock, it can be bought by a sovereign wealth fund from a Saudi prince. Uh, doesn't really matter, uh, but really anyone can buy it at that point. But uh, they sort of don't really frame it that way. And they claim that, um, oh, by doing the IPO, all of this money, um, can come from, uh, can go towards conservation and all of this stuff of the natural asset corporation. But really what they're doing is licensing access to stuff that people have never had to pay for access to uh, before, which is, you know, the air you breathe, the water you drink, uh, your access to, uh, I don't know, I guess it would be like tourism in a sense too, if you're uh, going to visit the natural world, some natural feature, a national park, or things like that and their pilot program is in costa rica um which is um uh, pretty alarming when you consider that in this article it's on the screen the the other one here um they also have this huge focus on uh, emerging uh economies um i'll i'll, I'll if it's okay i'll uh, pull up the link for this um wall street um yeah. natural Might. asset corporation and and put it in the
0: Yeah, while you're pulling that up, like like you said, they're they're trying to securitize and create gates uh, to access natural kids that that we've never had uh, hurdles to access before. And and again, everything they're doing right now is to attempt to force us to uh, to be controlled by by some lever, whether it be financial, um, mainly financial.
1: This is a complete different level to the, you know, people have been repeating the you'll own nothing and be happy thing, right? So this is like, it's not even talking about things you own right now. (laughs) It's talking about things no one has ever owned, um, like the ecological processes upon which all life is based, um, you know, rivers, lakes, uh, things like that are now just going to be bought and sold and traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, there's the graphic that uh, about how to make a uh, natural asset company for these guys. They call it uh, nature's economy, quantifying nature's economy. Uh, quantify,
0: quantify. Okay, for you freaks listening at home at, or on video, uh, you work with natural asset owners. What is a natural asset owner to identify... Uh, sites with substantial ecosystem services or potential for ecosystem restoration uh, the management and governance of natural asset companies comes into play and then you convert that to financial capital it's uh it's your your run-of-the-mill securitization play uh, they're trying to yeah. create mortgage-backed securities for life's natural processes it's fucking insane
1: It's totally insane. And this really got no coverage when it happened in mid-September. I learned about this from Corey Morningstar, who's one of the best in the game uh, when it comes to researching and exposing this stuff. Um, And I was just, uh, I was personally floored. I was like, well, that really slipped under the radar, didn't it? Uh, But this is how they're going to do a lot of this so-called climate change net zero stuff. Uh, uh, Wall Street basically is going to take ownership Of the natural world and claim they're protecting it. And it's really not surprising when you consider that, like, heads of of major conservation groups like the Nature Conservancy, you know, like Henry Paulson, (laughs) the Secretary of the Treasury under Bush, was the head of that for, like, uh, several years that's the kind of people they look for ex-Goldman Sachs goons uh, and Mark Carney of course also being uh, a key guy in this he's also ex-Goldman Sachs
0: well let's let's dump into these like and Larry Fink as well All right, so Hank Paulson yeah. uh, he was the one who basically forced America to bail out the banks he he went and fear-mongered hey, under we-
1: threat of martial law fun yes. guy yeah he clearly cares about the planet and the natural world yeah. um,
0: you he, know Uh. Mark Carney is another one that flies under the radar. Like Any freak listening to this who has not uh, watched the documentary, it's on YouTube. I hope it's still on YouTube. Uh, uh, the Planetary's Men, P-L-E-N-A-R-Y um, apostrophe S. Mark Carney is a, a huge focal point in that and it revolves around uh, the HSBC, uh, Mexican drug cartel money laundering scandal that basically got pushed under the rug. He... He used some uh, wizardry to, to basically skirt U.S. banking regulations, and uh, it basically proves that there's uh, a supranational banking elite that that live outside the laws of, of any sovereign nation. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we have Larry Fink, BlackRock, who seems to be a darling of the, the financial asset space. People seem to look up to him, have him on a pedestal, but if you look into the things he supports and the narratives he's pushing, it seems that he's... Uh, a, a leader uh, for the crew that is trying to push us towards this dystopian future where we have no autonomy and things are very granularly controlled.
1: Right. Well, this is even crazier, too. Uh, the graphic that was just up a little bit more, uh, this is how they described the opportunity of natural asset corporations. So they frame it originally, right, as, oh, this will help us protect the natural world better. But for them, the opportunity is actually that they can access, uh, you know, the existing asset value of all assets current in the current economy is 512 trillion, per their estimates. But by adding nature's economy, it can be four quadrillion. That's the opportunity, <laughs> and they say it uh, pretty pretty obvious. I mean, they they make it pretty clear there. Um, I mean, it's just a way to keep their, their casino going uh, once, uh, you know, there's going to be this sort of controlled demolition of the existing economy, this forced um, transition into net zero climate change, justified uh, surveillance economy, CBDCs and all of this stuff. Um, and but they'll have so many new assets <laughs> that they can uh, own and trade amongst themselves. Hooray. Oh, I bet that'll make uh, Larry Fink so happy. He's right. already very happy. No, he's,
0: um, well, he's one of the biggest hypocrites in the world. They're all hypocrites. So let's talk about like the hypocrisy of COP26. Yeah. You have all these world leaders flying in private jets to Glasgow to Virtue Signal about saving the climate. And they're literally don't care about the environment or the climate they care it's about control it's not
1: virtue signaling though i think cuz i don't think these guys give a shit about that stuff they're trying to manufacture consent for their policies by going and giving speeches saying like this is the greatest threat to humanity blah 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 But their actions show that they don't actually believe that, you know. Joe Biden takes like an eighty-five car motorcade uh, and like, uh, you know, I guess the the presidential private plane and then other ones for all the people in his entourage. He gives this speech about China and Russia are so bad for not coming. Uh, I am so great. Um, Climate change is is utter doom, and then he falls asleep (laughs) right (laughs) after that speech. So it's like, you know, um, it's it. You could say it's virtue signaling, but really, I think they just are trying to manufacture consent enough with people um, trying to scare them into uh, supporting these uh, decisions. Because basically, you have a climate change movement led by someone like Greta Thunberg who doesn't support any concrete policies. She just yells around, going, runs around, going, like, "Do something! We have to do something!" Blah blah right? blah. But but not specifying what that something is, which of course gives. Um, license to, you know, people like Mark Carney, the UN's current uh, climate action and finance advisor, uh, to do that something, right? Um, I really, the only specific thing Greta Thunberg has asked for uh, over the past month um, has been that the UN declare climate change on par, uh, like a level three crisis on par with COVID-19, <laughs> which of course will just give them, a, you know, uh, power to legislate and and, and uh, create edicts, I guess, um, like they did with COVID nineteen, but for climate change. Yeah. And now we're having people being literally diagnosed with climate change in Canada. Um, yeah.
0: So let's dive into that, right? I like think somebody died <laughs> ad- recently, and they they blamed it on. It was like cause of death? Well, it change. wasn't.
1: It wasn't died. Uh, they had like respiratory difficulties and and some uh, I guess an arrhythmia or something like a, a cardiac issue. And uh, the doctor said it was climate change because uh, and gave this whole spiel that we're not addressing the underlying uh, cause. And now they're saying things like, "Oh, these um." Uh, this uh, spate of uh, heart problems and strokes, and young people and children, and an anticipated anticipated uh, spike in heart defects in infants uh, is going to be due to climate change. So that's it's- a conveniently timed narrative, yeah. given some other things that have been going on with uh, recent revelations about um, heart inflammation being caused by uh, a certain uh, medical product.
0: Yeah, and. I, I don't want to let this go because they're, they're, I mean, you have the countless examples of like European soccer players just falling, dying on the pitch or falling with yeah. cardiac arrest. You have that. There's just been too many anecdotal stories for it to be a coincidence. Like it i is. Uh, is, I'll, I'll be, Bold enough to say, like the vaccine is creating heart problems for young people around the world right now. You have that free diver who had to basically retire early. You have that mountain biker who had to retire early. You have countless other individuals throughout the world who are are dropping out. You have like high school football players, and it seems to be a myocarditis driven uh, by the vaccine that is that is causing all this. And now they're coming after the kids. They want to mandate vaccines for 5- to 11-year-olds where this doesn't even... the COVID doesn't even affect them any any worse than the flu. The flu, excuse me. It doesn't make any sense to force these mandates yet they creepily and creepily and creepily keep insisting, insisting, insisting despite the fact that there's countless examples that this is doing something terribly wrong for young people specifically.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, if they don't get all of society, including children, on the vaccine passport system, it won't work, right? Um, Because like I mentioned earlier, this is a segue into ID 2020. ID 2020 is meant to be from birth, the moment of birth until death. They call it persistence. It's a persistent ID, uh, that's their word for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's literally like uh, we're the pod people in the Matrix, though. So that's what they want.
1: But it's, it's permanent, right? And so they want it to have as much data about you as possible um, so that they can, you know, analyze it with AI and all this stuff. I mean, that's where a lot of this is going as well. Yeah. Um, I did a report uh, for people that are interested about um, the controlled demolition of the economy we're seeing now. Uh, people said I predicted that last year, but really I just uh, wrote about the National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence headed by uh, former Google head Eric Schmidt uh, that was basically like we have to remove all of the structural obstacles that keep the U.S. from being uh, like China, basically, um, and we have to um, implement all of these uh, different technologies, mass surveillance get people to have their entire lives on their smartphones so they can be more easily surveilled um, and things like that. Um, Otherwise we will lose our uh, economic and technological hegemony um, and military hegemony to China. That's how they framed it. Um, And it was stuff like we do eliminate private car ownership. Um, We have to uh, stop having in-person doctor visits. This was all written in 2019. And they were like, if we don't do this immediately, we'll lose to China. And then COVID-19 happens and they start sort of uh, forcing this all on. Oh, the other thing, too, in that report was uh, a cashless society, Mm -hmm. smartphone-based digital wallets, uh, which ID2020 links directly with uh, your electronic health records. It's COVID-19 vaccines for now. Then it's all vaccines. Right that are uh, deemed uh, mandatory by the state, and then it's uh, all of your electronic health records
0: and then beyond
1: this the planned segue for that.
0: And then beyond that, they want to put like uh, RFID or chips into like food, like nano the chips into food to so that when you eat food like you scan that and that has a carbon credit associated with it and like they're Uh,
1: that's part of yeah that's part of this supply chain plan the world economic forum came up with a while ago where they they claim that it will help you know exactly where your food came from it'll help you trace it from the point of origin to where it gets on your table that's how they used to frame it uh starbucks was a pioneer in that with starbucks's uh proprietary artificial intelligence (laughs) algorithm uh it's pretty pretty insane uh and starbucks was actually involved in the vaccine rollout in washington state because of their uh supply chain tracking expertise apparently through that ai development pretty weird to have starbucks be involved in the vaccination campaign right that makes everything here makes a lot of sense
0: Oh you had okay. Starbucks. At one point, McDonald's was involved. You could go to McDonald's and get a jab and a free <laughs> cheeseburger at the same time. It's all very creepy, Whitney. Uh, it, it, it freaks me out because a lot of people are going with the hook, line, and sinker. And despite the fact that it's becoming blatantly obvious that, number one, the, the vaccine is not as effective as it was advertised. And number two, it is seeming increasingly likely that it's causing adverse side effects to uh, uh, millions of people. Or maybe well, not thousands of there's people a, at least
1: there's a way to lie with statistics and i think there's mm-hmm. a whole book with that title and actually bill gates was photocopied yeah, <laughs> next yeah. to or take his photograph next to a copy of it right so basically the the figures from pfizer and moderna specifically before they got emergency use author- authorization in the u.s last december um, were all about where you know it was 94.5 95 well really it was pfizer said 90 moderna said 94.5 pfizer came back and said wait we've revised our statistics and now it's 95%. um, And that's sort of how uh, that went. Uh, It should have been pretty obvious. It was a marketing thing to at least people paying attention. But anyway, they they measured relative efficacy, not absolute efficacy. And there was a lot of other problems uh, with their uh, reporting uh, of data and other things. I mean, a lot of those trials weren't even complete Um, And in the cases uh, I note in my recent series in Moderna, Moderna said that a lot of the trials that were done by the NIH that were used to justify their emergency use use authorization was not the same as their commercial product. Meaning that the safety and efficacy data was based on a different formula than what actually went to market. Well, let's
0: let's lean into this Moderna stuff, too, because they they received special treatment. By the, from the NIH, right, to, to get this and they were working it on It was this. a
1: partnership, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and $6 billion of taxpayer money thus far for early access to the Moderna vaccine, which is uh, even by official data considered to be the most dangerous out of all of them uh, in terms of myocarditis risk. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a real map. Me- so, I mean, there's a lot in this article. <clears throat> it's actually two articles. It's going to be three um but basically Moderna was at uh was at the point of collapsing um in 2019 they'd run out of money and they they actually recently admitted it like in the end of october um said that if we didn't if covid hadn't come along we would have completely collapsed as a company um and there's a lot of stuff um if you go back and read the the first installment of that series um it's very obvious that they were basically there and else Um, claiming they're going to revolutionize medicine, but they don't have any, they they won't show their data to anyone. Uh, They have all these high profile firings. Everyone has to sign uh, really high, um, really intense uh, non-disclosure agreements. Um, And uh, they had to abandon a lot of their therapies. They actually pivoted to vaccines because they couldn't uh, give uh, any mRNA product they were producing with their lipid nanoparticle delivery system that required more than one dose. Uh, and so the only product they could develop that required one or at the most two doses, uh, were vaccines. So they pivoted to vaccine specifically, uh, for that reason and abandoned, uh, all their other, uh, planned therapies, which raises major concerns about the booster dose, um, in the case of Moderna, because there you're uh, exceeding uh, two doses of, of a Moderna product, obviously, and they've tried to claim that it's not the same delivery system. Uh, but that's actually, but it it it's most most likely is. if you read um, my report, it's pretty clear that they're trying to hide something. It's very suspect. Uh, the whole thing, um, as is the foreknowledge of Moderna and also one of the lead NIH researchers that partnered with them, uh, Barney Graham, about COVID-19 becoming a biblical plague moment um, and how they ended up uh, deciding to develop a COVID-19 vaccine even before the sequence of SARS-CoV-2 was even officially released um, and a lot of other uh, extreme fuckery. Um, Because basically at that point, when Moderna decided to develop the COVID nineteen vaccine, uh, their only remaining investors, the company was about to collapse. Right, and their only remaining investor says, "Don't do vaccines. Invest in the other more profitable stuff." We don't want you to pursue a vaccine, especially on a virus no one knows about. And they gambled everything on that project. Anyway, they obviously uh, <laughs> knew May something. In bandits. my opinion,
0: yeah, that's it's yeah. Like they hide this stuff in plain. They hide this stuff in plain sight. And people call you crazy for, for pointing this out. Like that's another creepy thing. Like people have, it's like it's like Pfizer Moderna like the 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 Gucci and Chanel of, of 2021. Like, ooh, did you get your Pfizer or your Moderna? Like this Moderna specifically they just hopped on the scene out of nowhere, and everybody just has a hundred percent trust their ability to deliver a a safe uh, and effective medicine to to the global populace and people are running with it
1: well like it should be a national scandal that moderna uh claims their top executives say that what the nih tested for safety and efficacy that was used to justify the approval of their vaccine is not the same as their commercial candidate or or product now that it's been approved yeah that's nuts
0: it's insane we're there's a good chance we'll get kicked off YouTube for this, for just having this discussion right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it tends to be that way. If you really want to get kicked off, we can talk about who decided in September, uh, this September uh, is now going to make all the uh, RNA for Moderna's vaccine. It's a CIA front company. They're shady as fuck.
0: Let's go for Mm -hmm. it. Who's, uh, who's pushing this?
1: Uh, well, this is going to be in part three, uh, the last part of my Moderna series that I hope to finish before um, I have a baby <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But the company is called Resilience. It was originally called National Resilience. Um, it's backed by, I mean, it's just spooks, basically. Uh, you, you have uh, what, one of the, uh, like Joe Lonsdale, uh, one of the guys that founded Palantir his top chief of staff and a guy that, that worked in that whole Palantir Thiel, Thielverse Nexus. nexus. Um, you have Scott Gottlieb, the former FDA commissioner mm-hmm. who always forgets to admit that he is on the board of Pfizer when he goes on TV. Um, he's also on the board of a company called Illumina that's behind um, a lot of the, uh, genetic data harvesting from COVID-19 tests. You have a CEO from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. You have a former 911 commission member. He belongs there, right? A guy that was on the 9/11 Commission. Uh, this is the executive team. I'm talking about the board of directors, which is a uh, uh, pretty whack. Um, yeah. Who else do they have on there? Oh, the head of NQtel is there. The CIA's NQtel is uh, on this board as well. Um, And there's a couple other national security people. So the national security state, uh, you know, is basically behind this company. They signed an agreement with Moderna to make the RNA for their mRNA vaccine for COVID-19. For uh, several more years, they won't specify how many years, but we know in 2020, Moderna made an agreement to produce their COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, with a European company called Lanza for the next 10 years. So it's at least a decade-long booster shot uh, future um, that they've already planned out. You know, and it, Basically, the way they're selling the booster thing to the public, they're being like, oh, yeah, well, now the data is showing that immunity wanes. This was the plan the whole time. They made agreements for manufacturing booster shots in 2020 for the next decade. Right, and this company, this resilience company, launched in November 2020 to basically be the manufacturing capacity for the booster shots, and it's run by all these like uh, the people on the board are all the you know have all these either spook connections or big pharma connections. It's a uh,
0: it's all very creepy. It's a mess.
1: It's very very creepy. it's super creepy. That's like, super creepy.
0: Uh, like they changed the definition of uh, natural immunity, herd immunity, the definition of a vaccine. Like three times in the last year, or something like that, and yeah. So ten years of boosters, like, are people going to put up with that? It's like one thing I want to loop back to is something you said earlier. It's like this only works if everybody complies. Like, what are your I'm totally? What are your thoughts right now? How are you feeling about the state of? uh individuals wanting to push back against this starting to realize like, Hey, this really doesn't make sense. Are you optimistic that enough people are going to be like, "Ah, I'm not vaccinating my kids. I'm not going along with this. This obviously doesn't work.
1: Um, I think that's probably, there's more hope right now in the English speaking world, because we're also seeing major efforts to clamp down on any sort of uh, dissenting information. I mean, obviously in the past year and a half, there's been a lot of censorship um, around a lot of important topics um, but I think uh, they've announced a, a sort of a renewed wave of censorship is, is coming, whether it's for climate change uh, discussions um, or other things. I think it's going to uh, pick up and they wouldn't be doing that if those, you know, the people saying things they didn't want them to say uh, weren't having an impact. Um, and in the case of uh, vaccinating kids in the U.S., I mean, there have been some high profile voices that backed the initial uh, vaccine campaign, but won't support it for kids because of the risk benefit, uh, issue there, <laughs> uh, where it's much more risky than beneficial in the case of kids, because, uh, you know, even officially the vaccine doesn't stop transmission. It just reduces, um, officially, right. Uh, severity of illness and your likelihood of going to the hospital and dying. Um, and kids aren't really at risk from COVID-19. So why would you give it to them? Right. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they're in the case of boy, there was a university of California study, uh, like, uh, boys 12 to 15 had like a 6.5, uh, times, uh, uh, or what was it 6.5 times more likely to get myocarditis than to be saved from COVID by the vaccine. Um, why would you uh, mandate that? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So there are some kids, of parents who are vaccinated who were like, I don't really think it makes sense to vaccinate um, my kids. So that may be um, a moment where people are like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, But you know, it it, it depends. It depends. It also looks like at the same time, uh, the Western world has something else up its sleeve, which is starting a giant um, war, uh, tensions with Russia and this whole Belarus thing. Uh, in Ukraine, uh, they've ratcheted up just in the past couple of weeks, and then before that, it was China and Taiwan, uh, and it looks like they're gonna, you know, mess that around because when all else fails, take them to war. You know, that's yeah. that's the banker strategy for like over a hundred years. So divide,
0: divide, um, divide. And if, divide. And if that yeah, well, if work. you want to
1: remake the financial system, what do you do? You take the world to war. Uh, that's how Bretton Woods happened, right? Yeah. And uh, Mark Carney and that whole G fans, Glasgow financial alliance for net zero crowd. Um, you know, they, they call this the new Bretton Woods moment <laughs> uh, that we're on the precipice of that. So if you can't get it through and not in peacetime up, oh, got to make a war.
0: Oh, it's so frustrating uh, on many levels. Number one, I got to say this. This is yeah. why we Bitcoin freaks. We're trying to create a, a system that's separate from this that can allow us to opt out of this madness that we really haven't even opted into, uh, which is the banker-controlled world that we're describing here. Bitcoin provides us an alternative to that. And then number two, it, it, again, going back to hypocrisy, like the, I, too, have noticed that, that Russia and China, again, are becoming the, the distraction boogeyman to focus on. And it's hilarious, we, we had years uh, here in the United States, particularly of uh, the uh, left side of the, the political aisle, screaming Russian interference, Russian interference, Russian meddling with elections and all that. And then we literally have uh, somebody right now, and we were describing her as Saleh uh, Asmarava, uh who is nominated to be the comptroller of the currency in the United States comes from Kazakhstan, uh, went to Moscow University, won uh, the Leninist award there while she was studying there. And now uh, she is about to be nominated to control our currency. And, and nobody's saying a thing about this. <laughs> like you want to talk about well, meddling.
1: Well, sure. So like Russiagate, eh, you know, was obviously like a manufactured like just bullshit narrative that's totally fallen apart. Even more so with time than it, it did to any initial scrutiny, um, but you have to keep in mind too who are the two main adversary states of the U.S. Russia and China. Okay, so you have like people on the right rapidly being like everything is to blame uh, on Xi Jinping and it's the CCP that's the mastermind of everything in the world and they're the real bad guys. And then on the the shitlib left, you have people saying, oh, it's Vladimir Putin it's Russia. They're the ones behind everything. Um, and it's, you know, it's very convenient that they have both sides of the mainstream political spectrum, uh, hating and blaming everything on one of the main adversary states of the US. They have one side uh, focused on China and one side focused on on Russia. Uh, it's very convenient for one group in particular and that's the national security state because really you know uh, at this point looking at stuff on the nation state level is it, it, meant for us it's like theater for us exactly. right the regular people um the real levers of power are transnational or supranational um and they're determined by capital <laughs> uh not by boundaries so you know you know it, it's 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 so different than a lot of uh, the way most people, I think, uh, think about it. I mean, if you just look at someone like um, who's also involved in all this climate finance bullshit, uh, like Mike Bloomberg. I I think it started this week. It may be next week. He has the Bloomberg New Economy Forum uh, this week. And it's all about building the new economy with U.S. and China together leading the way. And it's all these... um, us and chinese uh, politicians and diplomats and business leaders uh coming together uh it, this used to be uh, a <laughs> bloomberg launch list after the world economic forum stopped launching their equivalent forum for us uh, china uh behind the seas uh behind the scenes ties that was called the annual meeting of the new champions <laughs> that was the name uh, but now it's the Bloomberg New Economy Forum, led by Michael Bloomberg, Henry Paulson yet again, and Henry Kissinger, everyone's huh. favorite Henry. Um, <laughs> how, how
0: do you describe Not him? Really. A, a vat of of demonic fluid. I have
1: lots of. I, I've, I've called him a couple things. I think you're talking about a, a blob of satanic jello. I there think that was a, a, yeah. a crowd favorite for Kissinger. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, He's gross. And um, but those guys, you know, uh, Henry Kissinger, too, was involved in that whole uh, National Security Commission on AI stuff to an extent as well. You know, we can't have war with China. We have to become China to beat China uh, type of thing. And we have to build the new world order uh, with China to avoid a, a catastrophic war, basically. Yeah. So this is the the new economy forum. This is where this, the shit's happening, right? And it's uh, China and the U.S. are very chummy at events like this. So, but it, it says it says right in there that it's very focused on that. It's focused on climate change and mRNA vaccines. What do you know?
0: so creepy, um, yeah. So for any of you guys at home who can't see this, COVID-19 held a mirror to society's biggest problems from climate change to inequality, forcing humanity to grapple with their consequences. But there is hope even as the pandemic still rages the success of groundbreaking oh mrna God. vaccines the acceleration of the digital economy during lockdowns and the focus on government spending to save lives and improve livelihoods demonstrate that humankind is capable of taking on and overcoming great challenges breakthroughs are possible in science and t- technology we've entered a new age of discovery this is complete yeah. dystopian fucking Bullshit. Bill fodder. Gates is
1: on the board of this too, so it's like Bloomberg, Bill Gates, Henry Paulson, Kissinger, Tony Blair, the head of uh, uh, Bayer Monsanto. <laughs> well, that's
0: unreal. another thing. Like Bayer Monsanto merged years ago, and now they're they're talking about. Uh, Delivering food to market with vaccines in it already. Uh, they're going you're gonna be eating your vaccines in the future. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was a Gates-funded thing from a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, these people uh, only will stop when we make them stop. Um, but this is like the follow-up to COP26. I, right now in the media, they're framing COP26 as a failure in all of this stuff. No, the the bankers made substantial plans and substantial announcements about their near term ambitions as they called it and now pretty much all those same guys are meeting at this
0: wait a second. Thing right wait a minute we gotta stop. Any any of you listening is C Z from Binance is on this. Binance is co opted. Get off Binance if you're on it. This dude is like runs a crypto exchange.
1: Yeah, I'm familiar with, with Binance uh, yeah. and I don't use it. <laughs> so Um, yeah, so definitely take a look at this is this is the next uh, conference where where decisions are going to be made. But that's like, you know, the power structure, what we really have, um, the best description I've seen of the existing supranational power structure that really runs shit. Uh, is uh, uh, was sort of mapped out by a really brilliant researcher named Ian Davis. He calls it the global public-private partnership. Huh. He puts he puts the Bank of International Settlements at the top, the central banks, and then below that, uh, the global think tanks: World Economic Forum, CFR, Chatham House, all of those guys who actually make the policy. So BIS, central banks and and these guys create the policy. It's then distributed um, to uh, national governments by groups like the United Nations or uh, people like uh, the Bill Gates through his foundation, uh, the IMF, the World Bank money flows essentially. Um, And then the the national governments uh, adopt those policies and enforce them on the public but they don't actually make policy. Anymore, your national government doesn't make policy anymore. There, no. that's why all these different governments around the world seem to be, you know, <laughs> uh, reading from the same legislative handbook during COVID nineteen and with all this other stuff in diverse areas, and why people like me look at what the World Economic Forum and, and these other groups have had planned out for years, um, because that's where the policy is really coming from. Yeah. and it's just being handed down to national governments uh, to to you know <laughs> enforce it on on the plebs yeah
0: like you said it's these supranational organizations filled with unelected bureaucrats who make this so in the bitcoin space uh i focused on a lot the financial action task force which is this uh, Mm -hmm. not a governing body but they just they create guidelines they recommend guidelines for uh banking and financial regulations that just so happen to get uh, broadly adopted by by every government and regulator that they present them to. Like, this is an unelected board of people based out of, I mean, it's international but uh, their, their headquarters is in France and they're able to put these guidelines forward that, that get adopted and push us closer and mm-hmm. closer to the digital panopticon. Um, it, it, it drives me insane, particularly with Bitcoin because with the Financial Action Tra- Task Force, they're they're trying to pu- push through uh, guidelines for virtual asset service providers or Bitcoin exchanges. And then it goes to, right. it extends to open source wallet providers. And they're trying to make it illegal to send peer to peer Bitcoin transactions. They want me to, if I send you Bitcoin from a wallet that I control, that's decent or not decentralized. Hey, but it's if it's peer to
1: peer and decentralized, how can they know what you're spending? You'll make Augustine Carson so upset.
0: Marty. Uh, well, they need to know. They need to have control. Well, they they notice that this Bitcoin enables this type of transaction. They're trying to nip it in the bud. Uh, nobody's really talking about it outside of Bitcoiners, but like
1: yeah, well, th- this is part of the whole reason why ransomwares are the bady. You know, ransomware attacks mm-hmm. are the the way all these cyber attacks are being carried out because uh, the the goal there. This is also planned out by the World Economic Forum's Partnership Against Cybercrime. It's about ending financial anonymity completely. Um, they don't want any sort of anonymous financial transaction, uh, cash or digital asset that can be made anonymous or more private. Um, they don't want any sort of competition to CBDCs because obviously CBDCs will be so unattractive compared to everything else they have to eliminate everything else in order in, or, in order to have mass adoption of CBDC. otherwise it's not going to work, yeah. Um, and the other thing is uh, we're already seeing the other plan uh, out of that partnership against cybercrime in which uh, the FBI and other parts of the U.S. government are members, as is the U.K. government and Israel's government and all of the, a bunch of massive uh, Wall Street banks um, is about ending uh, online anonymity, period, not just financial anonymity, um, on, online on, on, uh, anonymity in its entirety. And that's why in these um, these other um uh, countries, uh, just in the past couple months, they've proposed it in the UK and France formally, uh, tying uh, your government-issued ID to your social media accounts.
0: Yeah, and even further to your IP address. They, they want to go yeah. that far. It's fucked.
1: Yeah, and in the UK they're talking about, you know, if you troll or you're, you're deemed to troll someone mm-hmm. on social media two years in jail. Yeah, so that this all comes from the Partnership Against Cybercrime, um, which are the big banks <laughs> and uh, US, UK, and Israel, basically. And and some Silicon Valley companies in there. I think Amazon's in there, Palantir's in there. Um, but they're government contractors anyway. They're right. not really private tech companies, especially not Palantir, whose first client for uh, what, its first six years as a company was the CIA, and it was founded with InQtel money. And it was dreamt up by Peter Thiel working with Richard Pearl. Yeah. Let's
0: remind the freaks who Richard Pearl is.
1: Uh, yeah, the the crazy neocon dude from the Bush administration, also Reagan administration, arch neocon, top guy at PNAC, Project for a New American Century, if you're familiar with them uh, as well. Um, basically, what Peter Thiel was doing was resurrecting total information awareness, um, which is this panopticon program. I mean, you can look up the logo <laughs> for DARPA's total information awareness after 9-11. It's uh, just uh, crazy. Uh, In the sense that, um, you know, it makes you sit there and be like, hmm, all the conspiracy theorists were right. It's like (laughs) the most conspiracy symbol-laden logo to ever come out of a U.S. government program, I think. But it was basically, you know, it's like the one-eyed pyramid on the dollar. It's like a a beam coming out of the eye and shining all over the world surveilling it. It was like a total surveillance program. Um, The one that was going to eliminate all privacy <laughs> that I mentioned earlier, yeah. So uh, that's what Palantir is. Uh, there was it, there were there was complaints about TIA, Total Information Awareness, because it was run by the military. So what Fielded is he just made it a. A private sector venture entirely, but with the involvement of a lot of the same people uh, who like, led that office, like John Poindexter, who's an Iran-Contra criminal uh, from the Reagan administration. Look yeah, at, isn't that logo nuts? Yeah,
0: look at the Latin in it too. Sentia est potentia. I think, believe it says like, knowledge is power or information is power.
1: Science is power. Science is at power.
0: The ah, science is power. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Science. The science. Trust the science. Don't don't question the science. Science, Sci- is, power. Well,
1: science is power, isn't it? Because now it's a religion for some people. Bow at the altar of whatever the scientists say. Um, like that's gone well historically. <laughs> well, <laughs> they've completely—they've
0: completely bastardized the term science. Or like, like it's not open for debate. The science is the science. Isn't it's
1: science like, a method of inquiry and not yeah. like a dogmatic religion? It's literally. Oh, well,
0: it's literally defined as an ongoing debate about what <laughs> yeah. how the world works.
1: It it was once, but you know, the the definitions of so much shit has been changed in the past year and a half. Why not just change the definition of science too? Yeah. Um
0: well, we're going to be we're going to be labeled white supremacist uh the uh, the uh, terrorist, homegrown terrorist. That's what we're going to be labeled if we're not already. So
1: Yeah, the war on domestic terror. That's a fun one. Uh, That's another thing they announced uh, last year, well before January 6th. Um, uh, Basically, this lady from DHS uh, in like early February 2020 was like, oh, there's going to be another 9-11. It's not going to for like, but for domestic terrorism and it's not going to kill as many people or be as visually bad. But it's going to be just like that. And then January 6th happened and they're all like, oh, it's the next 9-11 on the TV.
0: Yeah, on the TV. They're like, it's the worst and- thing. It's insulting. They're like, it's the worst attack on American soil since 9-11. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? They were walking within the red ropes. They were looked like they were lost. And now it's becoming obvious. <laughs> the FBI had a bunch of like
1: ran weird. the whole thing yeah. yeah well I mean the FBI also had a weird role in the 1993 World Trade Center bombing yeah um, and most of the tower uh, terror attacks they foiled after 9/11 they had actually uh, set up themselves so uh, they're an agency of entrapment not of investigation um, I would agree that's there. What the FBI <laughs> that's what the FBI does these days they also cover things up. Uh, if they're not entrapping people, they're covering up Epstein uh, scandals, <laughs> things like that, um or the anthrax attacks uh, that were traced back to the um, <clears throat> uh, you know, the u s military far too quickly. They had gamed out, done a whole simulation called Dark Winter right before. Uh, where they were going to blame it on uh, Saddam Hussein working with Al-Qaeda to spread anthrax everywhere. And it got traced back to the U.S. military too quickly. And so the FBI had like an 11-year investigation that was just a joke uh, called Amerithrax. Their lead investigators later became whistleblowers and denounced it. Um, Pretty insane. By the way, one of the main guys that did the dark winter simulation... Uh, Robert Kadlik uh, simulated COVID, uh, a crimson contagion, it was called in 2019, uh, a coronavirus pandemic originating in China uh, that lasted from June to August of 2019. And he led uh, Trump's entire coronavirus response, including the funding of the Moderna vaccine and lots of other stuff.
0: Hey, he was behind. He's, uh,
1: he's a guy people should look at.
0: Yeah. And that's the other thing too, we should really highlight is that again it's supranational. it doesn't matter who's president like trump started <laughs> operation warp speed and a lot yeah. of people were like no <laughs> like biden took it over uh and it's funny because uh while trump was uh still in office and operation warp speed was going on everybody on the left was like oh no i'll never take it biden gets an officer like i'll oh, give it to me give me even the boosters.
1: Oh, now that this the orange man is gone and the senile guy is here, the vaccine's going to be so much safer. Okay, <laughs>
0: it's, it's impressive.
1: It's, uh, some well, of the mental jumps people have made.
0: Well, how do we? Whitney, how do we shake people out of this? Like that. I want to. I want to paint an optimistic view of the future because I do think people are starting to wake up and be like, "Well, this is way too much. Way too fast." All
1: right. Do you think well, they're I slipping couple, up? Do you think they're slipping I, up? I, I I hope so. But I think uh, people like you and me uh, and other people that talk about the stuff that are still reaching people, uh, there might need to be some tweaking of strategies um, in the sense that, you know, in terms of the vaccine, you know, everyone has their opinions about it. But honestly, the threat here is the vaccine passport digital ID system. You can point to people that think the vaccine is a good thing or support the vaccination campaign. You can still point out the perils of the digital vaccine passport system and its ties to id 2020 and all this stuff and rally support around that just like with the climate change debate instead of being like is climate change real is it a dude do- the doomsday threat they say it is instead of getting in that debate which um you know raises tensions and it can be really uh divisive be like why are we letting the bankers remake uh <laughs> all of society?" uh, to save the planet. Uh, no one that believes even the official climate change narrative should support that. And, uh, my, my most recent article, the one that you had up at the beginning of the stream on, uh, G fans, I think that's a really good way to reach people on, uh, the left because it's showing basically that it's, uh, it's wall street, neo-colonialism masquerading as saving the planet. And those are things that, and same with the natural asset corporations, uh, there's no way these uh, that people on the left should be <laughs> supporting that, and frankly, the progressive left is a target of a lot of this um, uh, propaganda for a lot of these agendas. Uh, they tend to sell this stuff, as we mentioned earlier, sort of in this collectivist way. Um, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, sort of a Star Trek style way of um, of of selling it. But really, this is to the if you look at what's actually going on, it's to the benefit of the bankers and COP26 from the perspective of the, the, the people attending it was not a failure because this shit happened <laughs> and yeah. this is what they, 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 this is very bad. And this, they, they basically are going to do this. They've already announced it. These are their plans. And if you read the attached document in the, in, in there, their progress report, they tell you exactly what they're going to do. Um, Wall Street um, is going, and the central bankers are going to take over the IMF and the World Bank and the regional development banks. Uh, they're going to use it to eliminate national sovereignty in emerging markets and developing countries, um, basically, uh, so that they can uh, have the members of their alliance, all these banks and asset managers, um, force investment products, those country uh, pro- pro- projects, those companies would normally, uh, those countries would normally not accept. Um, and a lot of it has to do with mining. If you look at a company called Cobalt mm-hmm. co- co- Cobalt Metals um, it's Michael Bloomberg, it's Mark Zuckerberg it's Reid Hoffman from LinkedIn It's uh, 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 I think I mentioned Bloomberg being on there already Car, uh, Bill to, Gates, Jeff Bezos all those to guys are there Twitter. they say uh, yeah, we, they better. say <clears throat> they say we need all of the world's lithium all of the world's cobalt, all of the world's nickel, um, that's what they're coming for. And they're gonna use this G fan shit to do it and say we're saving the planet, but really, they're just gonna mine the whole fucking planet.
0: yeah um, now if if you go down uh, on our profile, there's there's a tweet about it. yeah, and that's like the crazy thing, and like the the extraction of those those precious uh, rare earth metals uh, is very energy intensive and uh, it leverages a lot of slavery it leverages a lot of slave labor if you look into it uh, as well. Well,
1: totally. And it's extremely environmentally destructive. This isn't about saving the planet at all. This is about uh, the bankers getting away what they want with uh, lots of creative sales pitches and their ability to control uh, the flow of information through media consumption. Um, Basically what we're seeing happen right now is that historically, or at least in, you know, Western democracies, there's been like a, a degree of separation between the public or public policy and the bankers, uh, that's going away.
0: This is not, uh, this they're, is,
1: they're getting rid of that. There's not even going to be an illusion of a degree of separation there anymore.
0: Well, they're going to try to, and this is, this is why I'm so happy to have somebody like you on the show, not only on the show, but the fact that you're alive and producing, this information that is so badly needed right now. We are at an inflection point in human history, and we have two directions we can go And freaks. Anybody listen to this? We can keep getting cattle herded into this dystopian nightmare run by a select group of people that always seem to brush elbows with each other, no matter if it be for a vaccine mandate or securitizing the world's natural resources. It, it seems everybody's like, oh, Marty, <laughs> yeah. like you're Marty Jones, like you're a conspiracy theorist. like. They're, they're not planning all this, but like you, that's one thing I love about your reporting is that you highlight many months, sometimes years in advance that they, <laughs> they have plans and they aren't actively executing them. Like you can go they, that's the part of that's part of the whole like wizardry of it. They say it out loud and put it in publications and, and choreograph. I mean, it. fo-
1: follow the money. follow the money is not a conspiracy theory. Follow the money is what anyone that's that you know wants to know what's actually happening. Uh, in the world should do. And if you follow the money and you look at what the bankers are doing, it's really obvious what the plan is. It's to completely remake and transform um, the the financial system and with it, uh, all of society, everything else, using uh, their control over the economy uh, to affect those changes. Um, people should keep in mind that this whole pivot towards climate change saving the planet is going on with them launching the metaverse, uh, uh. with them launching... All- this fourth industrial revolution crap uh, that doesn't have anything to do with let's live in nature with harmony and hooray. It has to do with like metric ma- matrix hellscape. Uh, let's make that planet earth. Uh, no, <laughs> like, let's not do that. Um, it's some disgusting yeah, form but-
0: of nihilistic escapism. Like, Oh, the world that we have is so far gone. We can't fix it here. Go into your pod and we'll construct a perfect world for you in the metaverse.
1: Well, they're already selling the metaverse pretty hard, and they have been well before Facebook had the whole um, name change hoopla. Uh, I think there's even a, a, a dumb show on U.S. Uh, cable uh, where it's like American Idol, but that, but your avatar sings and all these people
0: uh, that, That's like some demonic uh, programming, right there. It's called like the Mask or something like that. They wear like
1: uh, I think it's called like all alter egos or something like that. Because yeah. uh, someone sent me a clip of it, and basically the people that were performing as their avatars were like, "That's actually the real me. That's how I really feel. That's who I really am." and all of this stuff trying to get us to identify with a, a digital version of ourselves and not our real selves and to identify with a digital version of society. Uh, I think the NFT push to an extent is being, is being used for this as well. Um, that you identify more with what you own digitally than what you own in the real world. You're yeah. allowed to own NFTs, but you're not allowed to own anything in the real world anymore or yeah. something like
0: that. Oh, that's such a good, it's such a good connection there. It's like, Hey, uh, you can't own this. Land. You can
1: own an NFT car, but you can't own a car in real life.
0: Yeah. yeah. And like you've done some research too, like with the, the Ethereum Foundation. There's some people involved across some of these agencies as well.
1: Uh you might be thinking of someone else. I haven't actually uh dug into dug into that. But there okay. there are some uh shady groups there. Yeah, there's
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> that it's
1: oh man but it's it's, it's happening Zuckerberg's insane I just can't even believe watching his sales pitch for the metaverse thing they put out like an hour of video and oh man he has to try really hard to like act like a human being
0: well that's that's another thing that gives me hope is that these people are so woefully disconnected from reality and normal people Uh, like I think conversations like this where I like to think of myself as a normal guy and you as a normal woman, just shooting the shit, and I think people resonate with this type of conversation over Mark Zuckerberg being like, "Hey, join me in the metaverse. We're gonna pick our clothes digitally."
1: It's just so dumb because he's like, "Look, this is my home space in the metaverse, and look, I can pick anything. I can pick my house, my view out the window to be anything I want. And it's like this Hawaiian tropical island." And, and it's like, dude, y- you're taking over the entire island of Kauai and Hawaii. You, like, <laughs> basically own an island.
0: Isn't he building so, you know, walls there to too? Isn't he like building he's, walls like, kicking and pissing people, people off
1: their land and like being a huge dick probably so they don't make fun of him because he can't rub in sunscreen or some shit. you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's a kook uh, Really? But I mean that's basically you know th- the billionaires are gonna own everything and you're gonna be licensed access to it maybe if you're a good enough citizen and your little social credit score is high enough, but then you have, but then you have Jeff Bezos come out <laughs> the other day and be like, well, actually most people are going to live in space and only, only the privileged few will get to live on earth anymore. And everyone else will live, work, live and work in space colonies. Well, can you imagine what a Bezos run space colony is going to be like, uh, you know, just imagine your whole family living the Amazon warehouse lifestyle. Yeah. Um, you know, I Wait, mean,
0: wake up, citizen! It's time to tape some boxes together. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, I mean, it's insane. No bathroom breaks for your fight. I mean, you know.
0: Yeah, it is insane. And it's just, but again, it feels like it's it's so insane that it's like hitting such an extreme that the pendulum has to swing back. Like people need like. Uh, Freedom. People need to
1: see it, and hopefully they'll fuck up enough that people do. But I think, unfortunately, it has to get worse before it gets better.
0: It can get worse. It can get worse. Yeah. How bad is it going to be? <laughs> what do they have planned? All right. So I guess that's where we can transition to. We work. talked
1: about this earlier. They're they're manufacturing a supply chain crisis. That's going to become a, a food crisis and an energy crisis. People are people will die from that for sure.
0: Uh, people. I, um, I, I wrote and about they it. They
1: want people desperate. I mean. The only way they can really force this stuff through, one is controlling the flow of, of information to the greatest extent possible. But one is having the vast majority of the population in a state of extreme fear and vulnerability until they completely uh, until they complete their transformation of the uh, the economy. Yeah. Right. Um, So they can't do that unless uh, they have people freaked out like they were in early 2020 for COVID. They need to make, keep that going for years. And I think they've realized that all they can really do is um, to, to obtain that. the closest thing they, they they can get is to have people hungry and cold.
0: Yeah. Car, can you go to TFTC? Uh, I mean, I wrote a a newsletter about this earlier this week. They uh, um, go down full on assault from all angles. Like they, They are manufacturing this in real time. And that's like, I want to get this message out vehemently uh, because they're, again, food shortage, energy crisis. They're trying to manufacture it leading into 2022. Um, You have somebody like Saleh Azmarov wanting to completely destroy natural gas and oil accessibility for normal people in the United States. Uh, You have Joe Biden going down and pretending like he's... or posturing like he's going to shut down a very reliable pipeline in the northern midwest part of the country and then at the then at the same time again with the eminent domain uh stuff going on in the midwest they want to take that farmland basically eliminate the crops and put up solar panels and wind turbines that, that will destroy the the ecosystems below them and you won't be able to use that for uh farmland anymore it'll be Farmland for for energy that'll be pretty unreliable and inconsistent.
1: Uh, yeah, it, I mean it, it's a total mess. Um, but basically, th- this this food crisis that's coming and the supply chain crisis we're seeing now. There are people that that report on this stuff. A really good source of information for this is C- uh, Christian Westbrook, from Ice Age Farmer. If you're familiar. Yes. he has a YouTube channel I, I, still. I think
0: I link to, but he, uh, he's.
1: He's been documenting how they've been setting this up for like, you know, a a long time. And so they know that the food crisis is coming and they're not doing anything about it. The public is going to be the last to know. Remember how right before COVID-19 in January, there were all those big profiles, like like a bunch of CEOs resigned and all Mm -hmm. of this stuff because... They got a tip that something big was going to, I mean, they always know that the public is always the last to know. So now they're letting the supply chain crisis come at, like, like uh, be seen by people. <laughs> you know, the public is starting to catch on that something may not be right there. They're starting to talk about it on 60 Minutes and explain why and all of this stuff, right? Okay, so, you know, they've been setting this up for a long time. And there's actually an event t- uh, 201 for this that's called, uh, it was called Food Chain Reaction. It was the John Podesta, Clinton-linked think tank, um, Center for American Progress uh, with Cargill, uh, one of the biggest uh, big ag companies (laughs) in the U.S. Um, I think Mars Inc. and then the World Wildlife Fund, which is the most co-opted of all environmental NGOs, arguably, Um, but it's a real uh, and they gamed this out starting in 2020. The the, the simulation was in 2015 uh, and they gamed it out from 2020 to 2030 and the end result is global carbon markets.
0: <sighs> it's coming, freaks. They want to do it and it's it's scary how quickly it's happening because the, the natural gas shortage is leading to fertilizer shortages like 2022. There is going to be food shortages, and but like they you,
1: planned all this out. You know, yeah. the energy shortage leads to this and this is how it becomes a food crisis. And they're letting it all happen. I mean, cause cause they know. They know. And they know that hungry people become will will come to the government looking for handouts. And then the government can be like, Well, you want your food ration to stay alive. You have to do this, that, and this. Oh, don't have your booster up to date. Don't want another one. You're not gonna be eating.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's scary freaks and this is their plan. It's happening. It's being implemented and we need to get this information out there. Like, it, it, we need to fight. Well, you
1: also need to prepare if you, especially if you have a family, stock up on food, learn to grow food, develop some skills, you know, uh, Bitcoin's cool in the sense of you're trying to like develop a parallel project that's decentralized, but it won't feed you no, and you your can't. family in, in, in this type of crisis they're building. So you've got to look at it up from both sides, you know,
0: you can't eat your Bitcoin. That's that's for damn sure. Buy a
1: water filter. <laughs> uh buy some seeds and uh buy some books to learn how to like I don't know feed yourself.
0: Yeah. And um, say mm-hmm. hi to your neighbors. Get to know your neighbors a bit. Um maybe get some guns. Probably a good idea as well. <laughs> the uh it's ah fuck Whitney. I want to end this on a positive note, but we're like uh go buy guns and stock up on food. What? <laughs> do you Well, do you, I
1: mean but that is positive in a sense. I mean, the, the more resilient the population is, the mm-hmm. better we can fight back. If they want to force people to do a situation where they're cold and hungry and desperate and and barely able to survive, the more we can survive when they try and pull the plug, the harder it will be for them to do that to people. Yeah. Um. So I mean, really, uh, the best way out is to build a resilient local community. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. We and. And speak up vocally. There's a silent majority out there that, I don't want to say it's silent majority, but there's a silent group of people out there who know this stuff to be true, but they, uh, or they can see what's happening and they can connect the dots logically of what's leading to what, what is the order of operations and who is putting those order of operations and motions. And yet they're afraid to to speak out and say, hey, this is happening and this is bad because they're afraid of being labeled a conspiracy theorist. It, 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 freaks if you're one of those people at home who's worried about this like the time to worry about that to stop worrying about that is right now because again that's why i'm so vocal in the newsletter and on the show and i've been getting a lot of shit like hey marty just like focus on bitcoin stop talking about this other stuff it's all connected it's all connected like like bitcoin is a tool to fight against this madness but and it is connected to the narrative that we're talking about in this episode in some way loosely connected but it is Connected in the sense that it's a solution to the problems we're describing. But uh, talking about describing problems, more and more people need to get out there and let other people who are somewhat asleep aware that this problem is happening. These people do have a plan that has been set in motion, is being executed. I don't want to say flawlessly. I think they they have a lot of uh, problems with their execution, which provides an opportunity for people yeah, like us. We to, make it to easy for back. them,
1: too, need, you know? like well, the, Their whole the whole success for them, a lot of it relies on divide and conquer of regular people. Um, that's why I was saying earlier, you know, you know, a lot of people are, are divided over the vaccine issue. How bad is the vaccine? What does it do? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, you know, if we can move the the focus from from that divisive topic to vaccine passports are a tool for mass surveillance and total control. And it's very bad. And here's why, you know, you sort of bypass that divisive topic. Same thing with climate change. We don't want the bankers to take over the world, do we? No one likes bankers in the left or the right. Uh, So let's stop their global coup. And we don't even have to talk about climate science to say that's bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we're spending so much time on these divisive topics. And I'm not saying like, don't talk about them. Uh, But if you're trying to convince people that think differently from you, focus less on the divisive topic and, and go to the root of the issue. And it, more often than not, the root of the issue was is where the bankers are at and what they're doing, right?
0: That's, I mean, you'll hear it often in Bitcoin: fix the money, fix the world. Like the that, those who control the money control the world to a certain extent, and that's what I'm sorry for pushing us back towards Bitcoin so many times. But I, I truly believe like that is the root of the problem. You is have the a money. Bitcoin
1: podcast. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, if you're listening to this podcast at uh, unlimitedhangout uh, dot com, uh, Whitney has a Bitcoin donation page. If you guys want to support her work, which is incredible work, and you should want to support it because it is important that we get this information out there, you can support her with Bitcoin. Um, she's got her BTC Pay server set up. What are your th- What are your thoughts on Bitcoin these days? Are you, you pro Bitcoin, anti Bitcoin?
1: Well, so what I'm focusing on personally is, um, putting as much of my money as I can in things that I will need, uh, when the food and energy crisis hits. Right. So I, uh, bought a little plot of land not that long ago, uh, which is dope. I'm going to put a house on it. Uh, and you know, eke out an existence. Oh, I live (laughs) in Chile. Right. So things here are actually like much worse than they are in the U S um, in terms of like vaccine passport adoption and obedience to the state and a lot of this stuff and even awareness of what's going on, uh, very bad here. And also, um, you know, this whole natural asset corporation stuff is very focused on places like southern Chile, southern Argentina. Um, because of the water, there's a lot of fresh water there, which is good from the perspective of, you know, I'm trying to eke out an existence. Okay, cool. So I can find like property with fresh water for really cheap down here. Right. But at the same time, Chile in the north has a bunch of lithium and most of the world's copper, which uh, these cobalt metal guys, the billionaires behind that, want to take complete control over. And the government is just selling Chile out and people in Chile have like no No idea. idea. I mean, you can try and tell them, but it's like, whoop, everyone wears a mask outside. Most people mask up their kids voluntarily. It's not even required. It's unreal. Um, (sighs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's obviously
1: not me and not my kid, (laughs) right? But I mean, in terms of uh,
0: that is one of the you know,
1: societal level, it's very different here. Um, So basically, I'm just investing in stuff that will have value, whether the power's running or it's not um, at that point. Um, But yeah, I mean, I do have crypto uh, holdings, I guess you could say. And I Mm -hmm. honestly wouldn't have been able to have uh, bought the land that I just bought if it wasn't for uh, Bitcoin. In crypto, so
0: hell yeah, just keep stacking Bitcoin uh, on the so. side. Get, get your hard <laughs> assets and then get your hard digital asset as well. That's uh, I think,
1: but it's really important to emphasize both, right? Yeah. So, yes. Um, that's the at least for me. Um, but I also spent a lot of time before I even did the work I do now. Um, I used to be a farm manager, I studied a lot of like agroecology stuff in, in university. Um, so but I think, you know, even if you don't own land, or you don't have the ability to buy a plot of land or something like that, definitely invest your time in learning how that stuff works. Because that knowledge that those skills will be useful, even if you can't afford the hard assets, right? Like there's something you can do regardless of what you have to sort of like, learn <laughs> how to how to eke out an existence, because that's really where you know this is this is going, and that's how you can support your community. Even if you don't have those assets, maybe someone does, and you can help them out, and you can like mutually uh, survive, survive together. Um, because he, what they're doing is they're trying to force the global population through situations, crises of extreme duress, without a break in between one after another, uh, into a global slavery system.
0: Yeah, they're trying to and break down. If you it don't down. want to be a
1: slave you have to figure out how to be resilient and how uh, to be independent of the system.
0: (sighs) Hopefully we can get as many people as possible listening to this to become as resilient as possible. Get a, get a meat freezer loaded. up. Please do
1: something because the time is running out, uh, you know, because they're, they're going to censor the internet. They're going to try and make you have to, you know, link it to your driver's license or your national ID or your federal ID or whatever. Um and then uh, they'll know absolutely everything you read and say and do online, and it's not going to be very pretty, right? No,
0: it's <laughs> uh, be. And this
1: information isn't going to be on the internet for very much longer. So if you want to access that stuff, I mean, it's it's now's the time.
0: Yeah, download this. Download this audio or video file. Keep it saved on a personal server. Uh, fight back, freaks! Not physically but fight back by making yourself as resilient as possible spread this information to as many people as possible and like whitney said i don't do a good job of this a lot i'll hold my hand up and admit that but focus on the things that unites like hey we don't want the bankers running and creating the rules of the world uh and uh we don't think they should be solving uh, a a global pandemic problem or a global climate problem if they do exist.
1: Yeah, we can't stop the vaccine passport system unless we get vaccinated people on our side, right? You can't, uh, we can't stop the banker climate change uh, uh, takeover unless we get people who believe the official climate change narrative on our side.
0: Yes, I think think we can do that. You have
1: to reach across the, uh, the aisle to an extent and you can do that with facts and information uh and and do it in such a way so it's not divisive i'm not saying like don't talk about the other issues at all because there is merit there right but we have very limited time and a lot of ground to cover and i think it can be done but we have to start adapting our strategies a little bit
0: yes and that's uh It's another thing too that i'm very happy is being started here in texas is the texas beef initiative getting to know your local rancher getting them set up on a bitcoin uh standard so that you can transact with them um in bitcoin and not have to worry about anything being censored and and emboldening them to uh supply their consumers directly with quality uh protein and i think um, we need more of these not just in texas all throughout the country all throughout the world um, go meet your local farmers, have these types of conversations with them, go direct, uh, and this is a good way to become secure and, and embolden them, because right now they're attacking the farmers, uh, and they're attacking the land here in the United States specifically. Um, and that's and, an
1: attack on you and your food supply and your family. Just want to yeah. add that.
0: And again, there's so many distractions. Like This week alone, you had Aaron Rodgers, you had Kyle Rittenhouse, you uh, you have a bunch of other things like is Lil Nas wearing a dress and GQ? Like who cares? Like it's all divide and conquer. <laughs> squabble, squabble, squabble. Like it's yeah. It's that's we
1: have to rise above divide and conquer. Or we're screwed. That's basically what it comes down to. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think we can do it. Thanks to people like you, Whitney. Um oh, thanks. <laughs> it's always a, a pleasure having you on and I'm very excited for you to enter uh, excuse me, to welcome a new human uh into the world. And we need thanks. more
1: me too. <laughs> we, need,
0: we need more people like you uh, uh, having as many children as possible. So I'm happy to to hear that you have another one on the way.
1: Yeah, number two. Uh, we'll see how it goes. You never know. Every pregnancy, every kid's different. Uh, you know, uh, but hopefully I'll be able to, you know, actually uh, have a little bit of rest before coming uh, back <laughs> to work because it's uh it's hard to stay away with so much going on. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, and, this and is-
1: not a lot of people write about this stuff. Uh, at least not in a uh level headed objective way so hopefully uh you know <laughs> people will uh carry the torch while I'm I'm gone for a little bit
0: yeah i'll i'll do my best i'm not as uh well detailed as you are but i'll definitely be pushing these narratives that that you help illuminate uh so uh, Thanks. incredibly and yeah it is you're going on maternity leave in winter 2021 2022 it seems like they're going to turn it up a notch uh so prepare yourself yeah where um where should we point the freaks this episode any anything particularly you think they should look into or or that you want to highlight
1: um you mean that's going on right now well i think the big thing that's coming up is going to be this climate change pivot so we've talked about it a lot already but it was really announced um In January, before the Davos annual meeting, the World Economic Forum annual meeting, there's their agenda week. uh, And Klaus Schwab said by the end of the year, it's going to be all about climate change. Um, And that's basically happened and it's going to get more extreme. Um, And, you know, I think we have to sort of... um, And I took a lot of risk doing this last year, trying to preempt narratives. It wasn't very popular to do that because people were like, oh, Whitney, you're so crazy for saying this shit. But uh, it it turned out I actually wasn't, (laughs) um, you know, because I'm trying to preempt the narrative so that people can see that, you know, these are the groups running this shit and creating these policies and having national governments implement them. Um, So we need to look, you know, they want us talking about what's already happened in the past year and a half, uh, for the next 20 years, just like what happened with nine 11. Right. Um, you know, just focusing on September 11th, 2001, and just, you know, uh, you know, forgetting what's happened, uh, since, you know, and arguing about the, the minutiae of what happened on that particular day, you know, we can't really afford to do that, um, because they've, they've moved on from COVID-19. These guys are on a very different uh, level already and we totally need to go and, um, you know, preempt that narrative and shine light on where they are right now and keep up with these guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, these, these people who are pushing these narratives and putting these plans in motion are masters at manipulating the psyche. They know how to get humans scared. And then once they are scared to force them to act or compel them to act in certain ways that they know many people will go along with. So be aware that you are being psychologically manipulated intentionally so that uh you uh produce an outcome that that these people want um take a step back Do not do not fall prey to the divide and conquer tactics again hand up i uh, i do sometimes as well it's easy to that's uh that's why they uh they're so successful well,
1: it's, it's successful because it pushes our buttons right but mm-hmm. we have to uh you know realize that there's a lot at stake here
0: yeah The future of humanity, the future of our children. That's why we have this podcast. That's why Whitney does what she does. We have a society that's going to come after us. And what what type of world do we want them to live in? A world where the Chinese social credit scoring system is exported to the whole planet uh, or a world built on freedom and the autonomy of the individual to make decisions that they think are best for their life.
1: Yeah cuz uh, this is really an existential crisis and if you factor in the whole like metaverse transhumanist crazy shit it's it's not just a you know existential crisis for society it's existential really for the species yes um to a significant degree um if they succeed in implementing this control system in any significant way it's going to be very hard to get out of it um that's why you know for people that that took the jab to keep their jobs and stuff like that you know you may have put um one foot into the system because you felt like you had to, but the more feet you put into it, uh, the harder it will be for you to take steps on the parallel alternative path if you choose to do so at at some point. So um, I really think uh, if you don't like where that, where this uh, system leads, uh, get off of that path as soon as you can. (laughs) and start going on the other path. But if you cross the line into CBDCs and you willingly adopt a CBDC system, uh, there's no coming back from that. That's really the red line. I mean, once they have control of your finances and they have you in that system, uh, it's, it's over. <laughs> and so people should be really clear uh, about where their red lines are. Um, and I would really argue that if you are someone that wants to build a parallel system to what's happening, don't even take one step into the system they're trying to build now. Take a step instead. Towards that parallel system.
0: Yes. Help create the flywheel for a Bitcoin circular economy. Um, that's what <laughs> we try to do here. You can donate to Whitney using Bitcoin. You can donate to this show using Bitcoin. Uh, we're on podcasting 2.0 platforms. Ooh, which I so sp- is my
1: podcast. Okay,
0: you're on there now? Okay, good.
1: Yeah, you can search for unlimited hangout. My podcast will come up. Mm-hmm.
0: Hell yeah. So Whitney is on podcasting
1: 2.0. You can mm-hmm. stream
0: sats to Whitney. You can make. Yeah, these content producers uh, more secure uh, and we're going to get you hooked up on bitcointv.com too. So if they try to censor anything on YouTube ah. or anything like that, um, <laughs> Bitcoin TV will never censor you with we're going to get you on there as well. Uh, okay.
1: Well, I like not being censored. Uh, yeah. Fuck Patreon. Let's say it again.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we're, um, we're, we're working on building not only distributed money, but distributed content distribution. Um, that will that will make us more uh, robust from censorship and resilient against cool. their attempts to censor. Which is important. We need uh, more Whitney webs. We need the information that you're getting out there. Um, and thank you again for coming on. I wish you well um, as you go on this journey of, of bringing your second child <laughs> into the world. And uh, I can't wait to do it again.
1: All right. Awesome. We'll see you in a in a couple of months then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully things uh stay together a little bit but uh yeah thanks for uh letting me talk to your audience about this stuff and uh for all the work you do
0: yeah well it's always a pleasure whitney i will speak to you so peace and love freaks